Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. 21 plus and present in Massachusetts. First online real money wager only. $10 deposit required. Refund issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See terms at fanduel.com slash sportsbook. Hope is here. GamblingHelplineMA.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support. Play it smart from the start. GameSenseMA.com or call 1-800-GAM-1234. Patriots first and goal, the first victory, whatever day it is of the week, <laughs> victory Wednesday, I think it is. It's I been so long. So long since I've had a victory Wednesday or victory Tuesday or victory Monday that I've kind of forgotten what it feels like. I am Alex Shane here breaking down past Jets, breaking down week four in the NFL, all things Patriots, my good buddy, Rich Hill. Rich, did you survive the game? You, you okay over there? Yeah. I mean, like it's so it's been a long troubling post-game experience so far you know uh usually i feel better after Patriots victory but i think my head's just like i feel a little distracted coming out of this week of games and i, I know bill belichick touched on it too um but i just can't stop thinking about travis kelsey and taylor swift alec like what's your <laughs> thought on this like uh, I, we have to start with this the only way the NFL can get more annoying is if they get, <laughs> is if they get Travis Kelsey, Kevin Hart, Ryan Fitzpatrick, <laughs> and Chris Collinsworth to sing the Cars for Kids commercial. Like, that's the only way they can get more insufferable. Like, I don't even – I like Travis Kelsey, and I want to keep liking Travis Kelsey. Like, stop it. Nobody cares. Just play football, for the love of God. Just, Just complete oversaturation yeah. of – Everything here. It's okay. I, I wish they kept leaning into the, the NFL scripted thing because this is too on the nose. This feels too scripted. Um, but you know what doesn't feel scripted uh, unless, you know, you kind of expect the Patriots to win 15 in a row against the New York <laughs> Jets is how the Patriots wound up beating the New York Jets 15 to 10 and how I still feel so blah about <laughs> it. If you told me heading into the season, that the Patriots would beat the Jets in week three, I would say, cool, great. Alec, let's start off with first down. Patriots-Jets recap. How are you feeling coming out of this victory game for the Patriots? Yeah, I mean, look, at the end of the day, for, for first and goal, a win's a win, and there's a there's such a massive difference between uh, one and two and 0 oh and three. Like, you really yep. can't overstate how, how much of a difference it is. 0 oh and three, your season's basically over at 0 oh and three. So they got out of that particular hole, and they're not last in the AFC East anymore. Divisional win on the road, you always take it. Um, but in our last podcast, I figured this would be the game. They turned it on. They showed up. They lit the Jets up. 30-13 to 13 was my prediction. 
in this score. And it started out looking like that. They went up mm-hmm. three nothing. They had the Pharaoh Brown run. It was ten nip. It looked, looked great. And then everything kind of just stopped. Uh, you can blame the weather a little bit, I guess. You can blame the old line still figuring out a little bit, I guess. But I don't think the blame falls squarely enough to justify what we saw offensively for this team, particularly given that it was a Zach Wilson-led Jets team who just cannot figure out how to play professional <laughs> football as a quarterback. <laughs> And so bad. I think I think it was like right before his very very good his credit that 87 yard TD drive to bring it within three. I think the Patriots was like 319 yards to 83 yards. New England outgained the Jets something along those lines. It was, it was like a vast vast difference in how. But the Patriots they just can't put points on the boards. They can't finish drives. They keep letting teams linger around. And a better team would have probably taken the Patriots out there, but they didn't. They got the win, so I will take it. Uh, but a bit of a Pyrrhic victory for old Alec today because it's not what I wanted to see in terms of kind of getting their, their season back on track. Yeah, and I mean, like, definitely the rain plays a part of it. Defense, again, lights out. Regardless of who you're playing, Zach Wilson is clearly the the least talented starting quarterback in the NFL. But to shut down that Jets offense to the degree that the Patriots defense did, that's great. Obviously, like you want to do great against good teams. And after watching the uh, Miami Dolphins rack up 70 uh, against the Denver Broncos, you have to feel really good about how the caliber of this Patriots defense, you know, just a, a really strong reinforcement week there. But yeah, that offense was just a little disappointing. I'm trying to reframe it in my head in that they got into position to score five times in the first half. Obviously, two missed field goals, including one that was right before the halftime that was always going to be difficult to make. You know, it was a 56, 57-yarder, and it was, you know, bad weather out there for the attempt. But they were in position to score. You know, they had that big touchdown. This is a very good Jets defense. Everyone has to remember that this is, you know, one of the top three defenses in the entire league. Very good outing. Very good outing uh, in the first half because you'd like to think you can continue. You can stack on it. And it felt like to me, Alec, that after the Patriots got a field goal to open up the, the second half, they just stopped trying. You know, they, they just really didn't try to put up points on the board. They felt satisfied with a 13-3 to lead. Uh, they had three three and outs over the course of it. They had an entire drive that was just Ezekiel Elliott running the ball and running down the clock. And, like, it worked to some extent. But it really felt like once they had that two-score lead, the Patriots felt like they could just run out the clock and call it a day. I would love to say that's the case. I, 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 maybe you're right. Maybe that was the strategy. It was just gross. So they wanted to get out of there with the win. Cool. Um, and if that was the plan and they're planning on kind of turning up offensively against the Cowboys next week, great. Uh, we'll talk with the Cowboys in, on third and fourth down. But I don't know. You figured the Patriots have yet to – win a game through mm-hmm. kind of clutch play in the fourth quarter or close out a game. Um, you know, 10 points is not a very big lead. You bring it to three, you force a three and out, you're right back in it. You figure if they'd gotten one more touchdown at some point, I'd be more inclined to agree with you there, Rich, because I, 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 honestly, it's funny. I was watching. I'm like, when they went up 3-0 three, three on their first – I'm a soccer guy now, 3-0, 3-0 <laughs> on, their, on, their, on their first possession. I'm like, that's probably enough against Zach Wilson. I think 3 zips going to be enough. And then they went up 10 nothing, and it's like, all right, no problem. This game's over. Yeah. But they just let the Jets hang around. And if they just gotten one more touchdown to close the game out, they had to rely on a Matt Judon safety, which is awesome. But they you can't rely on the defense getting a safety to put you out of, out of field goal range. So – I just want to see them get a little more teeth, a little more toughness, and just finish a drive and put a game away or 
generate that fourth quarter comeback. In this case, it's the former. They were up, had to get like a, a nine-point lead game over. They just couldn't do it. They had so many possessions in the third or the fourth quarter. They went three and out, three and out, three and out on their last three possessions, just trying to run the clock out. And it came down to a Hail Mary that was almost caught by Randall yep. Cobb. Yep. Um, again, I don't want to poo-poo on a victory. It's the first one we're talking about. I want to get excited about it. There were some positives to talk about that. But, yeah, you just want to see the team beat the team they're supposed to beat more handily than what I saw, you know? Yeah, totally. And, I mean, like, I feel like this was the first week that the Patriots offense – looked like how we kind of expect it to for the rest of the year. Like the offensive line was who it's probably going to be. Trent Brown had himself a great game. I, I honestly came out of that game be like, this patient, this offensive line was not the problem. This is like obviously Vidarian Lowe, lots of room for improvement. And Wainu, uh, you know, Cole Strange was taken out for Antonio Maffi, but like this was probably the best offensive line we've seen so far. And it was against a tough team. The problem uh you know, you saw Devontae Parker and Juju Smith-Schuster play three out of four snaps, you know, 76, 74% of the snaps. Uh, they just weren't producing. I Like, it's one of those extremely frustrating uh, outings where it's just like, I'm not seeing the production from the starters. And I'm also not seeing like, a, oh, if this little thing went differently, it would have worked. Like three targets for 19 yards for Parker is very bad three targets for five yards for Smith-Schuster, even worse. I was talking about this in uh, as my like X factor. Patriots were going to have a lot of room to operate in the middle of the field. It went to Farrell Brown, which was great. Um, but the fact that the Patriots weren't able to get a lot going, and also it didn't look like they were close to doing it, is really frustrating. It wasn't like, a, oh, one bad pass, and they missed a huge opportunity to have a big, big you know outing out there on the offense. It was just like, no, Jets were just sitting on the top of it. Receivers were not generating separation. I think like the very clear top three wide receivers as it relates to separation, Kendrick Bourne, who was back in his wide receiver, wide receiver three role, Demario Douglas and Boutte. Like those are the three best receivers that the Patriots have at generating it. And I've been very underwhelmed by both Parker and Smith-Schuster so far. Yeah, let's talk about Juju for a bit. Right now he has 10 grabs for 66 yards um, through three games. Yeah. Um, he was brought in to replace for similar money, Jacoby Myers, who has significantly more than that and two touchdowns for, <laughs> for two games. Because he's injured. He missed uh, the week two from injury. Um, Juju just isn't really getting it. And the Patriots seem to love running this third and short play where they throw this wheel route to him and he falls over. That's kind of his his claim to fame right now. You think it's just he's one of those receivers? The history's lousy with them. These guys that are good elsewhere, they just can't figure out the system for whatever reason. The Joey Galloways, Nocho Sinkles, and Doug Gabriels. Or is something else going on here, and he'll pick it up eventually? I'm I'm still holding out hope. Like, this was the first game that he was really super integrated into it. Like, I know that he's gotten, uh, like, snaps before. Uh, you know, and, like, he obviously has been getting targets but this felt like the first time that he was hyper integrated as like the starting receiver. They've been easing him in. He had, you know, 54% of the snaps in week one, 59, about 60% of the snaps in week two and 74% this week. So they're getting him more and more involved. It's a matter of like, can he put it together? And I think that's like a frustrating comparison point is the fact that we know what we could have had with Jacoby Myers. There's still the hope that Juju Smith-Schuster can turn it to a different level. And I think, uh, I forget who pointed this out. It might've been Taylor Kyles or Evan Lazar, but 
they're starting to like, obviously they haven't connected on things yet, but they're still learning what his strengths are. They're still learning, you know, he hasn't been as active during the off season as he could have been. And so they're still trying to identify what can he do? That's really good. And what they're finding out that he can't do are those like Edelman routes. Like that's just not the player that he is. He's not going to sit down there, do a whip route, go into the flat. Like that's just not what his strengths are. What he is good at is going up the seam, driving against the defensive backs and trying to make those contested grabs and also get a little wiggle and get some separation deeper down the field. He's not going to be a first three steps kind of generate space that we're used to with Edelman. He's a different type of receiver. And so they have to figure out how can they draw plays that allows him to capitalize on it. And with the offensive line finally looking good, maybe there's a world where those plays can develop. They simply just haven't had the opportunities. And that's why they've been doing those, you know, passes two yards behind the line of scrimmage for the first two and a half games of the year is they just haven't trusted the offensive line to hold up for those plays to develop. So I'm not throwing in the towel yet on Juju Smith-Schuster. And in fact, I'm going to consider the offensive line's improvement one of the biggest bright spots coming out of this game because this is not a bad Jets defensive front. And for the Patriots offensive line to look good, you know, not great, but they look good. And for the running game to exist in a way that it didn't over the first couple of weeks, I'm pretty hopeful for the offense to continue to build off of itself. Yeah, I mean, I guess one plus of Juju Smith-Schuster not being Jacoby Myers is one thing that Mac Jones did, maybe by necessity, maybe just by comfort level, he really zeroed in on Jacoby when he was here. And he's really throwing the ball around very well through three weeks. I think nine receivers caught a pass, at least one pass against the Jets, which is really nice. The distribution is really phenomenal from Mac Jones. And he's still not the problem. I I I thought he had a fine game. Uh, I think the play calling was very suspect at times. The weather definitely a factor, as I said. But, um, look, it just I think it kind of is what it is. And as long as they're kind of just trending in the right direction. And that's the thing I'm not really seeing yet. It's not like the steady improvement. Uh, Big test coming up against the Cowboys, who got upset pretty pretty handily by the Cardinals we'll talk about in a minute. But um, look, is what it is. I'm more concerned about against the Jets. And this is also kind of indicative of what we've seen through back going to the 2022, Rich, is just these weird decisions that Patriots are making on like third and short or second and long. Where it'll be, I remember there's one play it was like second and 16 due to like a false start or a, a penalty, and they ran a delayed draw to Ezekiel Elliott for minus two yards, and that killed the drive. It'll be third and one, and they run like a back shoulder fade to Devontae Parker for for no yards, and they can't like I don't know why they're outthinking themselves. They're they're trying to do things that aren't really working, especially as they're still trying to figure themselves out offensively. So mm-hmm. it's not just the way the offense is performing on the field. you got to kind of question some of the play calling. It's infinitely better, obviously, than it was last year. But yeah. there's still some remnants of just weird, unnecessary play calls or short-circuiting drives. And when drives are hard to come by in terms of points, you can't blow them up like that. Yeah, no, I agree. But I think the one caveat I'll give is this. I'm holding up a zero with my hands right now. And that's the number of turnovers that the Patriots had. And in a game that's so decided on the margins in an area that the Patriots struggled so much over the first two weeks of the season, two turnovers in the first two games, zero against a very good Jets team, where if they had one turnover, Jets win this. Like even with a very bad Zach Wilson outing, this offense was not putting it together. Maybe they wouldn't have let their foot up off the gas in the second half, but it would be way more of a game than it actually felt if they turned the ball over. And so instead of forcing it on third and 23, run it with Zeke, live to fight another down. 
I don't necessarily always agree with that kind of approach, but I can't argue against zero turnovers in this type of a tough divisional game, which are always tough. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's one where I would like to see a 60 minute outing from mm. this offense. It's been so long, man. Like it's, it's like, uh, I like, as you said, that Mac Jones is distributing it. I want to see a player take over a game in a way that we haven't seen in a very long time. And I want to see him do it in a couple of games. Like I, that's what I'm looking for. We saw uh, last year that, you know, a player would have a hundred yard game here and then never have it again for the rest of the year. And like, you know, a few here, a few there, one for each player. But I want to see a player that can elevate this offense in a way that the Patriots truly need. They don't have a game changer on offense and they're not putting the players in position to really look like a very good offense because for all of the positives, I like how, uh, you know, the offensive line did. I like how they were distributing the ball. I like the no turnovers. This offense still ranks 27th in the league in points per drive. That is a bad thing. That is not good production. And it is something that has to change or the Patriots are going to walk out against the Cowboys and they're going to end up at one and three. Very possible. The plus side, though, one thing they're doing very well that we haven't seen in a very long time is all three tight ends getting involved. Yeah. Uh, especially now, obviously, the Pharaoh Brown, the blown coverage, that was great. But just like a lot of 13 personnel, big jumbo packages, motioning the tight ends around. Uh, for the longest time, it's been trying to get those two tight end sets going and they've never really been able to do it. I don't know if Gasecki, Hunter Henry, and Farrell Brown is this like magic combination, but it was nice to see the tight ends all getting involved and doing positive things, both the running and the passing game. Maybe they'll build on that as well. So I'll end on that positive note for offensively. Uh, offensively. Defensively, can we talk about Gonzalez for a second? So Rachel? good. Christian so Gonzalez good. is a freaking stud, man. He has had the t- – I, 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 I'd love to go back and see like the, the toughest possible outing a rookie could have as a, as a, as a DB that Gonzalez has had. And he's got C.D. Lamb coming up next forward. There's, there's no break for the kid. And he has completely shut down everybody he's gone up against. You're watching Tyreek oh, yeah. Hill go for like a buck 55 as the Dolphins put up 70 points. Everybody that he goes up against has been a, fair, a fairly a non-factor for their respective offenses. And I am so excited about this kid. What a great draft pick. Oh, totally. I mean, like, this has been a pretty strong draft class for the Patriots. Like, some due to necessity versus others, but... Gonzalez is that lockdown corner. I wouldn't be surprised if he's Pro Bowl consideration by the end of the year. It's going to be a hard uh, defensive rookie of the year campaign. Jalen Carter is just ruining worlds for the (laughs) Philadelphia Eagles. And yeah, there's just like a lot of really talented defensive players in this rookie class, but Gonzalez is up there. For Bill Belichick to have a contract controlled uh, shutdown corner, the best Patriots defenses. Every single Patriots Super Bowl defense has an all-pro caliber cornerback on it. And if that's where Gonzalez goes by next year, especially on a controlled salary contract, this Patriots defense is going to be great for the next four years. Bill Belichick can cook with that, and then this gives them a lot of flexibility to invest a little bit more in their offense. Fingers crossed when next year the Patriots are expected to have some of the most capped space in the entire league. So uh, I think Gonzalez has been such a great pickup for the Patriots. For sure. Again, defense is solid. Uh, Matthew Judon obviously saved the game, possibly. Peppers. Real peppers. Like, again, like they're, they're at every – Juwan Bentley's playing really well. 
Keon White, another phenomenal draft pick. Keon White's a guy, he's not really showing up on the stat sheet, but he is moving the pocket. He's penetrating the backfield. He's letting other guys pick up stats. Uh, He's another great pickup. And as long as the defense keeps playing this way, we've been saying this before, Rich Hill, so forgive me for repeating myself, but like as long as the defense keeps playing this way, they're going to give the offense the time they need to figure it out. So, yep. Another big test coming up against Dallas. Uh, I'm psyched for the win. If we were sitting here at 0 3, we'd be talking about how to turn the page to 2024 already, honestly, because I think three teams since 1990 made the playoffs starting 0-3. We weren't going to do that this year with the AFC being what it is. So they're out of their basement in the AFC East. Tough tense with the Cowboys coming up. Uh, anything else you want to talk about for the Jets? We'll move on to week four. Two more players to shout out. Yeah. Christian Barmore. Yeah. Looking great. Miles Bryant. Want to give him his props. He has really stepped into the challenge with the three Joneses not being available. Bryant's been a number two. Great job. He's been doing a very, very good job. And I know he's been off to maligned over the past couple of years because of his very difficult role in the Patriots defense. Rising to the occasion, shutting down naysayers. He's been a great compliment to Gonzalez on the other side of the field. So kudos to both of them. But I'm ready to go. Move the page to, to week four. All right, let's do this. Second and goal, Rich, around the league, as always. Week four, the season's already almost a quarter over. It always blows my mind how quickly the NFL season flies by. We're heading into October. We have Lions-Packers, a classic divisional matchup, coming up on the Thursday night game. A lot of interesting matchups around the league, Rich. Any game in particular other than Patriots-Cowboys you're excited to see? Dolphins-Bills. That's got to be on everyone's calendar. 3-0 Dolphins on the road against the 2-1 Bills in Buffalo. That's going to be just an absolute barn of a game. Uh, I, you know, no one has been really able to stop the Dolphins offense. Patriots slowed them down. No one's been able to stop them. If there's a team that can go toe to toe with them on offense, it's going to be the bills. Very curious to see how that turns out just because of all the implications within the division. Yeah, that's going to be a great game. Uh, that's for first place in the AFC East. And uh, I feel bad for the NFL schedule makers. I imagine they had other things in mind when they scheduled the Jets and the Giants for the Sunday and Monday night game, <laughs> um, Chiefs and Seahawks, respectively. The Giants, I don't know why they have so many primetime games, but there's back-to-back-to-back. We're being exposed to the New York Giants, and and I don't like it. Um, <laughs> I, I think the the Chiefs are 16-point favorites over the Jets. Is there bad. any way in hell, Rich no. Hill? The Jets pull this upset off. No, no, absolutely not. Even though we are just like a couple weeks removed from the Jets doing the exact same thing against the Bills. Like I was saying, there's not a chance. I mean, Bengals just got their first win of the season last week. So uh, never say never. Well, we can say pretty close to never. (laughs) I don't don't think this Jets team, if they uh, put out an effort anywhere close to what they did against the Patriots, I don't see Zach Wilson uh, doing anything to go toe-to-toe with Patrick Mahomes. Not a chance. Um, But I will say, there's a few other games that I am looking forward to. Uh, 0-3 Vikings on the road against the 0-3 Panthers. Uh, That, you know, I feel like Kirk Cousins and the Vikings. uh, Cousins has been playing very good this year. They just happen to lose every game. (laughs) Very interested to see if they can get their first win of the season. But the ultimate 0-3 Broncos on the road against the 0-3 Bears. I want the Bears to them. Embarrass the Broncos. I want Sean Payton to follow up a 70-point allowed game with another goose egg. I want to see that team just get laughed out of the league because that would just be too funny. That would just be too funny. And also, there's a lot of good players on that Broncos team that, uh, you know, maybe the Patriots could benefit if they're now on the trading block. 
I'll be so curious to see how the Broncos respond after hanging, getting 70 points hung up on them. I don't even know that was possible. Like, I feel like that's like Madden rookie mode when you're just like feeling mad at the world and you just want to beat up on some team kind of score. I didn't, like, it's almost like the, the, the level of scoring has to be just so quick for that game to get to. And I, they could have scored more. They, they chose have. not to yeah. score. Yeah. I, and for me, that's even worse. Like, when yeah. teams like, I'd rather lose like 5,000 to nothing and get your 100% all the time than have you just blow off the gas. But yeah, the Broncos, man, what a, what an embarrassment that is. And it's how far the mighty have fallen. Um, and I love, when that happens, I don't like the Broncos at all. <laughs> so I'm with you. Uh, I'm psyched for uh, for Ravens-Browns. That should be a pretty good mm. game. Too. Some good divisional matchups here. The Ravens got their first loss, overtime against the Colts. Once again, nothing makes sense in the NFL. The Browns are the Browns. They're always going to find a way to do it. But these two always play to their top. So it should be, should be a good matchup there. But overall, man, some pretty, pretty solid divisional matchups in week four this week. I'm excited about it. Yeah, totally. And just looking at the way that the AFC is shaking out, if they Patriots take care of business against the Cowboys – they're right back in it. You know, like they, they are obviously it's still early in the year, half a game back. They've had two of their hardest games already out of the way. If they can get over this Cowboys hump, they're in a pretty good position. Saints, uh, not looking great. Raiders, not looking great. Uh, obviously, they have the Bills and the Dolphins back-to-back, which are going to be very difficult. But then Commanders and Colts, and then the bye week, and then they got Giants, Chargers, Steelers. There's a very real chance that this Patriots team, if they can pull it together, on offense if they can pull it together on offense major 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 caveat if they can do that and they can get over this game against the cowboys and a few other games go their way patriots could be back in a really good position in the conference 100 two and two and in september great place to be uh starting this sunday it's cowboys good enough transition rich let's go third and goal after this snap into action this nfl season with FanDuel, america's number one sports book Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use, and there's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com Boston and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. 21 plus and present in Massachusetts. Hope is here. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable bonus bet that expires seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 sport. Play it smart from the start. Gamesensema.com or call 1-800-GAM-1234. All right, Rich, third and goal. The Dallas Cowboys, uh, if you'd asked his question this time last week, I'd have said there's no way the Patriots are winning this game. The Cowboys are one of the best teams in the NFL. They're scoring points at will. They just manhandle the Jets. Then they go to Carolina, uh, the, the Arizona Cardinals, and they hang up 16 and get beat up. And it wasn't even that close, 16 to 28. They had like a late field goal yeah. that made it. It, 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 was, it, was, it was all Cardinals all the time. And – I don't know if it was one of those fluke things where the Cowboys got overconfident. This happens to all good teams. They get upset. Patriots happen all the time to them. It's one of those things. Or maybe they're losing their confidence. They're going to come back roaring against the Patriots, and they're going to beat up. I really don't know. Uh, I know we're going to talk about both sides, but before we get to third, third and goal, just some overall pressions on the Cowboys and what you think about last game against the, the Cardinals. Yeah. Uh, I mean, this is still a good team. Right. Like this is obviously you never want to lose against the Joshua Dobbs led Arizona Cardinals, but it's not a bad team. It's just that they've had a very bad inability to finish drives. 
And so like you had these players that still performed. Tony Pollard was still good. The offense was still solid. You know, CD lamb produced, but you look at all of their drives, field goals, field goals, field goals. And you know, when your kicker has 10 field goals over the first three games, it's because you're not completing drives. And this is a Cowboys team where, you know, maybe the dam will break and they'll start to score. They rank 27th in the league in red zone. Other than that, they are a good offense. Third in the league and third down, seventh in points per drive, fifth in yards per drive. They are producing, they're protecting the football. This is going to be a hard game for the Patriots to win. Uh, but I feel like this is something that would fall right into Bill Belichick's specialty on how you would defend the Cowboys offense and also how you would defend this defense. Um, but it's one where this is going to be another tough challenge. It's not like it's going to be an easy win. It's one where I would probably say Patriots have less than 50% chance of winning this one. Uh, You go look at that Eagles game. You look at that Dolphins game. This is right up there with that. This is one where uh, Patriots have a chance to win it, but it's going to be a very tough game. Well, speaking of, we'll start with the tough part first then, Rich. We'll do third and goal, Patriots offense, Cowboys defense. Uh, weakness against weakness, weakness against strength. If you, had to, <laughs> if you had to gauge, are you more worried about the Cowboys offense or the defense going forward? And how, if, if you're Bill O'Brien, you're going up against this Cowboys defense, what's your, what's your game plan? Yeah, I mean, so this is one where they're both good, right? Like they rank third in points allowed. They rank fifth in points scored. So this is a well-rounded team. They have been for a while. Dak Prescott, one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Uh, You know, C.D. Lamb, great young wide receiver. But you look at this defensive side of the ball, the biggest question mark that the Patriots have right now, I know that their offensive line did really well against the Jets. This is going to be another tough challenge. Micah Parsons, one of the best young pass rushers in the entire league. Demarcus Lawrence, savvy veteran but he's out there he's still producing very well Uh, they have a very strong defensive front i would say that their weakness lies at that middle level linebacker so it's pretty similar to what we saw against the new york jets but you look outside at cornerback stefan gilmore he's been out there trevon diggs is not going to be playing he tore his acl he's likely out for the year so the patriots will have some sort of favorability just because you know, that's just how personnel works. And they have some familiarity with Gilmore, who is not the player that he was in 2019. But if the Patriots offensive line cannot hold it against this Jets defensive or this Cowboys defensive front, they're going to be in for a very, 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 very long day. And uh, honestly, I, my question comes to like, will the Patriots, uh, whether it's uh, the Darian Lowe, whoever it is, right tackle is the X factor. They've been rotating. They haven't been able to figure out who can be that good uh, tackle. But this is a Cowboys team that will take advantage of whatever that matchup is, and the Patriots will either be exposed or you know have to put a tight end out there to help because whatever caliber right tackle the Patriots have will be very overwhelmed against this Cowboys team. Yeah, one thing I don't want to be talking about as a Patriots fan is Micah Parsons versus I have no idea who it's going to be. <laughs> Not a good match in that respect. They like to move Micah Parsons all over the place. He's an absolute monster. I feel like I he's the kind of guy like he's you're walking down the street. You just kind of just like scooch over to make sure he has plenty of room. Really nice guy, but just such a beast on the field. And if, if they're going to have to match up against some like second string right tackle, um, could be some trouble. Um, the real X factor for me for a lot of reasons, Rich Hill, has got to be Ezekiel Elliott. It's his old team. Don't know if there's any bad blood. They ran him a lot against the Jets, more than Ramondre Stevenson. I don't know what the plan is with that. He got more yards. Um, Ramondre had a couple of un- unlikely drops, un- uncharacteristic drops, yep. which I wasn't happy about. I feel like 
This could be a good Zeke revenge game. I think it's a good game. You want to establish the run anyway, get the defense tired out. As you mentioned, they're kind of weaker on the middle linebacker. So maybe this is a kind of a delayed draw, get the pass rushers to come in and then send Zeke up the middle to the, the little linebackers, have him make a couple of moves, get the run game going, and finally get the offensive line some rhythm. But uh, your point about not knowing who's going to be out there is a, a good one because this could all go very south very quickly. If I'm having a running back as my X factor and they can't block anybody, uh, could be a long, <laughs> could be a long day. Yeah, no, totally. I, I mean, it's one of those teams where uh, what is the like the place that the Patriots can try to exploit? Malik Hooker, very good free safety. They have two downhill crashing linebackers, uh, Damone Clark, and then you have Leighton Vander Esch, who, you know, not the player and since he's been dealing with a lot of injuries, but not bad. Uh, you have a couple players that just don't have the lateral ability. This would have been one of those games where if the Patriots had a James White, they would be throwing it to him the entire game. They don't have that. Is it going to be Ty Montgomery? They're not using him. So will that be Ezekiel Elliott? He just doesn't look like he has the burst out there. I think he he's shown that he can be a savvy runner and pick up the yards that are there. He's not running away from anyone. Uh, and so I, I don't know who will be able to take advantage of it. I would like to see a big game out of Mike Jacecki. I think we've seen Hunter Henry produce in the red zone. But if we're looking at what the matchups are, where the Patriots might be able to produce, putting Jacecki out there against a depleted secondary, you know, if they're losing their all-pro caliber cornerback out there, there's going to be some sort of shuffling that has to take place. Jacecki will get some favorable opportunities against the strong safety against whomever the Cowboys are going to trot out there. And he could have room to run in the middle of the field. And if he gets some favorable matchups against the linebackers, these are not good coverage linebackers. Patriots could hopefully take advantage of it. Mac Jones has some level of comfortability throwing to his tight ends more so than he has throwing to other players. I would love to see a big game out of Jacecki. Yeah, and we talked about the tight ends on second down, too. We're getting the tight ends involved, a lot of jumbo packages, 13 personnel. Hunter Henry, Mike Gusecki, the move tight end, the wide receiver versus kind of the bigger chip block guy. It could be a big game for the tight ends. Uh, some prop bets for you, Rich, offensively. Uh, will all three tight ends register a catch against the Cowboys? I would love to see it. I'll say yes. Uh, I don't know if like it'll be a big day or anything like that, but the way that Mac Jones has been distributing the ball was he had seven targets or seven players catching in week one, eight in week two, and nine in week three. Like, let's you know, let's throw another play in there. Ten for week week four. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised. I think Pharaoh Brown earned more time out there. I was actually very impressed, not just at his ability to catch the ball, which he you know got his opportunities, he made the most of them. He was also a very good blocker out there he was he was showing that he could support whichever tackle he was lined up next to usually it was Vidarian low patriots will need that if he puts in some chip blocks against micah parsons out there and then will leak out into the flat i could see him getting his easy touches there i feel like patriots will just have plays drawn up for henry and jacecki so i'll say yeah i think all three will and you think 10 players catch a pass kind of going up and, and like <laughs> i like it. why not that's stats work right yeah as long as it's not uh cole strange again i don't want to have that, that happen anytime. <laughs> uh, how about this rich two turnovers for the offense in any capacity one fumble one pick two fumbles two picks whatever it is two total turnovers over i'll go i'll go the under i, I think the most unbelichickian performance of the patriots from the first couple weeks of the season has been their looseness with the football Obviously, you don't want Demario Douglas fumbling the ball out there. Devontae Parker should have fought for the ball more in week two. Patriots are going to be very, very, very intentional 
about protecting the ball, especially against a team like the Cowboys, where they're likely going to try and reduce the number of drives due to the Cowboys' ability to score on offense. And so I'd see the Patriots doing a very big ball control kind of a game, trying not to be loose with it. They'll definitely take some shots down the field. They've shown a willingness and appetite to do that, even if they haven't been connecting. I think that they will keep doing it. I would love to, what we talked about earlier, see Juju Smith-Schuster get a big play deep down the field, have Parker show up. I want to see Kendrick Bourne have more involvement in that offense. And if they're able to have those big plays out there, they'll be able to keep up with this Cowboys team, but we just haven't seen it to this point yet. So there's no way to guarantee it. Speaking of keeping up with the Cowboys team, Rich, the over under four total offensive touchdowns, to the Patriots, 28 points. I'm going the under. I yeah. have no, <laughs> no faith in that. Maybe they'll get a couple field goals. I could see them getting like three touchdowns and two field goals, but Four touchdowns feels like a lot. Have the Patriots had like four touchdowns this year? No, I mean maybe, maybe exactly four touchdowns. Right? <laughs> they seem to they're, they're they're good for definitely good for one a game. We can always mark up one touchdown a game. Uh, maybe we'll get a pick six. We're due for one of those. Maybe a punt return. But uh, yeah, I think I'm with you on the under. I don't see them. Maybe I don't. Maybe Zeke runs one in and Mac throws for one, and that's probably where the offensive touchdowns probably stop. Um, the plus side, though, Rich Hill, let's go to fourth and goal. The Patriots' defense against yeah. the Cowboys' offense. The way this defense is playing, two touchdowns might be enough. Two touchdowns and three field goals might be enough to win it against this Cowboys' offense. This is a very good team. Dak is a very good quarterback. He's very mobile. He can extend the play with his legs. The Pats have been burned in the past with mobile quarterbacks. There's all these times I get all excited. Here comes a sack, and then all of a sudden, whoever it is, they evade and they rush for a first down. They can run the ball well. They've got a good receiver in C.D. Lamb. They're a complete offense. If you're Steve Belichick, what's your game plan? What's the thing you're taking away the way they like to do? What's the number one offensive weapon they're taking away? They're shutting C.D. Lamb down. They're letting Tris Gonzalez keep doing what he's doing, going on an island yeah. against C.D. Lamb, try and stop the run, put it in Dak's hands. What's, what's your strategy to kind of cancel out the, uh, the Cowboys' most effective weapons? Yeah, I mean, I think that there's two weapons in this Cowboys offense. There, there's two players that are really carrying them, Tony Pollard and CeeDee Lamb. Uh, everyone else, kind of just there. Rico Doddle has been providing some sort of a spell for Tony Pollard if they need someone else coming out there. Michael Gallup has some historical ability, but he's averaging you know 35 yards a game. Jake Ferguson, 23 yards at tight end. Like, There's not a lot of other players out there. If I'm the Patriots... I'm saying we're going to shut down them both. I know Bill Belichick always chooses like the, just from a numbers game perspective, choose one player and limit them. I'd say the Patriots should have about five players on the line of scrimmage regularly. Put Gonzalez on CD lamb with safety help. Like whether it's Kyle Duggar over the top, whatever it is, you know, going to mix it up. Dak Prescott's going to make the right play regularly. So you have to throw him curveballs every now and then. But Gonzalez has seemed to be up to the challenge. I want to put him out there. I want to give him the opportunity to make plays, get him the opportunity with some support over the top to take some risks and potentially force some turnovers because Lamb is going to get targets. And Gonzalez has the ability to force turnovers if he gets his hands on it, but he has to be able to take healthy risks. And they need some safety help over the top for that to happen. Other one, Tony Pollard, just standard stop the run kind of a thing. Like he's obviously, he has some ability as a receiver out there. Not a big one. Obviously he's just gotten like, 16 yards per game as a receiver out there but they target him enough that you can't let him break free he's an all-around back like that where he just needs one big play and it'll take it away but don't let them get going on the ground and make sure that lamb is covered over the top and i feel like they should be pretty okay and i feel like the patriots injuries notwithstanding i feel like they have the personnel to be able to pull that off 
I think they do. That's why I'm going to go with Jabril Peppers as my X Factor. I think he's, he's really playing well. I almost went with Mapu as my X Factor, Monte Mapu. I think he's kind of the same build in terms of that linebacker hybrid guy that has to spy the quarterback. Run, the running back running out of the flat, crash down on the running plays. You're going to need some really strong games out of your your Adrian Phillips, your Julius Real Peppers, your Kyle Duggars. That's going to be the the kind of X factor that that kind of grouping the the linebacker safety guys. They really can't give up six yards on first down. I don't think this defense can, can handle that forever. So they got to contain the run. I, mean, I would love to be in a situation where Dak starts to air it out. I think the secondary is strong enough, even with Miles Bryant as a CB two right now. Hopefully Jonathan Jones comes back. It'll be a huge boom for the team. Yeah. I think all signs point to him. Probably, he probably could have played last week if he had to, but it was the Jets. Figured to give him one more week to rest. I think it was a smart play. I think he'll be out there. Gonzalez and Jonathan Jones, Miles Bryant, it's a good secondary. I think they can do really good things. The Dak's got to throw the ball a lot. So hopefully Jabril Peppers and those kind of safety linebacker guys shut down the run and force some golf to the air. I like that. I mean, Peppers has been playing extremely well this year. Very excited to see how he continues to build and evolve during his time with the Patriots. He's been a great great, great development for the team. Uh, and I like that. I'm going to say with the same position, I think Kyle Duggar is going to be my X factor. Uh, I'm not going to say that he's been quiet this year. His role has changed. I think Peppers has assumed Duggar's old role as being the center point of that defense. And Duggar has assumed a lot of the roles that Devin McCourty had over the top. And we just trusted Devin McCourty was doing his job because the defense was doing well and we did not hear Devin McCourty's name. And that meant that they weren't targeting him. They weren't giving up big plays. And I feel like that's where we are with Kyle Duggar is that we're not hearing him out there because he's doing his job to deter opposing teams from producing. He's in the right position. He's making plays when it comes towards him. He's obviously not uh, you know, forcing game-changing plays, but that's where I would like to see it. The Patriots are going to get tested with C.D. Lamb if Duggar is able to either allow Gonzalez to force a turnover or forces a turnover on his own, that's going to be a big one. This is going to be a game where I feel like whoever wins the turnover battle will win this game. Um, but I think that there will also be that trickle-down effect, that if if Duggar has a good game and if he is able to lock out C.D. Lamb, that creates better opportunities for the Patriots across the board. If Lamb's not going to be a major target, Cowboys are going to be playing with their hand behind their back. To the Denver Chill, some defensive prop bets for you. I had two two turnovers for the Patriots offense. You took the under. Let's do two turnovers for the Patriots defense. They getting two? Under. Uh, I, I'd think that this is going to be a game where uh, whoever wins the turnover battle will have a 1-0 edge. Cowboys have just one turnover this entire yeah. year. Uh, they are very good at protecting the ball. They are. To that end, uh, prop bet uh, number two, the Patriots defense. Uh, Zeke, uh, excuse me, not Zeke, uh, Dak Prescott. Uh, mm-hmm. escapes three potential sacks and generates three first downs on third down over under. Ooh, I hate that one. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to go with the over on that one. I hate it though. Uh, I'm going to be so frustrated, but Worst. I'm going to, I feel like that's going to happen. I feel like that's just the type of player he is out there where he makes magic happen and he's going to either do it with his legs on just a play that he extends. He's going to find a tight end or tight end three or something like that and just move the chains. And I'm going to be livid, but it's, uh, I, I'm going to take the over on that. Yeah, you're probably right. Uh, this prop bet only counts if Christian Gonzalez is on C.D. Lamb in coverage. Otherwise, it completely nullifies itself. <laughs> but C.D. Lamb, I'm going to say three catches for 30 yards, over under. Oh, I'm going to go over on that, but I think that's just because I think Dak Prescott is going to challenge him, and I think that the Cowboys will need Lamb to have a big day in order to keep up. And so they're going to keep trying to feed him, and he's going to win his share. He's too good of a player to completely shut down. Uh, 
if if Gonzalez is able to hold him to you know like six catches for sixty yards, that's a win. That is a winning performance from Gonzalez. And so if he's able to do that, Patriots will be in a good position to win. I think he's up to that challenge um, with the other caveat being uh, they need Jonathan Jones. Uh, I think Miles Bryant has been doing pretty well, but Brandon Cook's out there for the Cowboys out there, Michael Gallup. They need to have some other players out there and having Miles Bryant trying to cover whether it's Gallup or Cook's does not make me feel comfortable. It makes me feel like the Patriots will need to have a little bit of speed out there. I feel like Jonathan Jones would be the ideal defensive back to go out there and cover Brandon Cooks. So I'm hopeful that he'll be out there. But uh, my entire defensive plan is hinging on the fact that Jonathan Jones will be able to play. I can't believe Brandon Cooks is only 30 years old. Yeah, he, right? I feel he's been in the league for like 15 years. He got drafted at <laughs> 14. Or he's just good for him. Uh, I miss Brandon Cooks. He was a good Patriot. Uh, all right, Rich, those are my prop bets. I don't have anything else to talk about Cowboys, Patriots, but otherwise get the predictions. Let's go to predictions. All right, let's do this. Get my notebook out here. Uh, I was way off in my prediction of 30 to 13 Patriots. You were 20 to 13 Patriots. You weren't as far off as me, so you get the nod for this one as well. That means you get first pick. Patriots at Cowboys. Who you got, buddy? Um, I'm going to go with the Patriots here. Kind of come right out and say it. Uh, it's not going to be easy. It's not going to be easy. It's in Dallas, and so it's going to be a hard one. Uh, Patriots offense has not shown me anything to this point in time. And maybe these are my Homer goggles going on, but I'm watching this Cowboys team and I feel like the Patriots defense is up to the challenge. I feel like this will be another relatively low scoring game. Uh, I think the Patriots win this one, something like 20 to 17. Uh, They will likely have to get the benefit of a special teams, something, whether it's a block, whether it's a, good return Patriots have to win on special teams in order to win this set up Mac Jones with favorable field position. But I think that this offensive line will finally find its groove. We'll see in return to his prior form. We'll see Andrews and Trent Brown looking good out there and whoever plays left guard and right tackle will not be as big of a liability. I think the Patriots will uh, not necessarily like inspire just massive amounts of confidence in offense, but they'll do just enough. The defense will do plenty to carry their weight. Special teams will win the day on their end. And Patriots will win this one 2017 in a nail biter. All right. 2017 Patriots. Got it. Uh, I'd love to join you picking the Patriots, buddy, but I just can't do it. I'm taking the Cowboys on this one. <coughs> Excuse me. I, I just don't mm. be able to keep up. Yeah. It's funny. Cause you know, my, uh, my wife's a Cowboys fan. My father-in-law's a Cowboys fan. So I'm sure I'll be hearing it when the, the Cowboys win. They just don't, Patriots can't really hang with the Cowboys, and I think the Cowboys get up a couple scores. The Patriots will probably come back, make a game of it. They'll probably have two chances to win it late, and they won't be able to do it as the defense continues to figure out Dallas. I think Dallas maybe gets up early. The Patriots come back. The defense figures out Dak, and then they get the ball to Mac Jones, and he goes three and out, and then the defense makes another stop. They give it to Mac Jones, and he drives down to like the 20, and then the game ends. And the Cowboys win this one 24-20 on yet another failed fourth-quarter comeback attempt. Oh, I'm going to be so sad if that happens. I'm I'm holding out hope for a big Zeke game. I'm holding out hope for Ramondre Stevenson finally you know, performing to the level that we know he is able to once he's behind a good offensive line. You look at how the Cowboys lost to the Cardinals. A lot of it due to special teams, like what Matt Prater kicked a 62 yarder right before the half. Like he was just kicking as far as he could out there. 
but there are some big plays out there that uh, the Cardinals were able to put together. Mike Wilson, a 69-yard catch. James Conner had a big day on the ground. I think that the Patriots can emulate that strategy, do a little bit better on defense than the Cardinals did, and they should hopefully be able to win that game. Here's hoping, buddy. I don't know. I would get two and two would be such a huge way to close out this first four weeks. As you mentioned earlier, there's some very, very winnable games coming down the stretch. So uh, obviously two and two and one and three are very different. Not as different as one and two and oh and three. They can come out of a one and three, but uh, winnable games down the stretch. And this is a winnable game. I don't think it's like yeah. a, a gimme that Dallas is going to win this one. It's a winnable game, but they have to play a complete game and not shoot themselves in the foot with poor penalties, stupid mistakes, dumb turnovers, and have to sustain some drive, give the defense time to rest and finish off. I love field goals. They're great, but I like touchdowns better, and I want to mm-hmm. see more touchdowns. Yeah, and I feel like it's a matter of time. This, this, I feel like I believe too much in this offense uh, to continue to be tricked, right? If it hasn't, it has to work now, and now is the time. Um, but we'll be breaking down Patriots-Cowboys next week. Alec, do you have any final thoughts on week four of the NFL season? Happy spooky season to you and all Patriots Nation. Let's uh, kick it off with a win. All right. Well, until next time, Alex, you have a good one. See you, buddy.